Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, we had a most vigorous discussion on last Sunday's show. Regarding the high school football coach in Ohio and how he decided to motivate or discipline one of his players by forcing him to eat a pepperoni pizza, even though that was against the boy's religious beliefs. Now, I'll have some more thoughts about that incident later on in the hour. But along those lines, on this morning's show, I want to ask you a very basic very fundamental question about the meaning of sports and what they do in terms of providing lifelong lessons to our kids. And let me, let me, let me tell you what I mean. Now look, we as coaches, as parents, as educators, we talk all the time about the most important intangibles of sports, whether it's being on a team and what we want our youngsters to take away from their from their youthful playing experiences. Now, sure, of course, sports offers fun and enjoyment and pleasure. I mean, let's be honest, sports are supposed to be about kids having fun. That's the top priority, and that's a given. But what about the, the other essential life lessons that come along with competing? Now, for, for many of us who played sports as, as kids and who follow sports today as, as grown-ups, well, many of these life lessons have become firmly ingrained into us. They have sort of become baked into our hard wiring, as the way we look at sports and the way we watch the games and so on and so forth. Yep, the truth is, there was a time in our young lives in which we had to first learn those lessons. And as such, my question this morning to you is, what were the key lessons that you learned along the way that you want your own young athletes to learn as well? Now, I'm talking about coping with things like adversity, or learning how to work hard and master a skill, or learning how to, to win with a sense of, of sportsmanship, or learning how to, you know, how to lose with dignity, how to learn how to stand on your own two feet and communicate with your coach. You know, lessons like these about learning how that winning only feels good if you played fairly and you didn't cheat. 
So, in short, on this morning's show, I want to do kind of an impromptu public forum with you as to what are the most important lessons we want our children to learn when it comes to being involved in sports. Lessons that will have a guiding impact on them for their the rest of their entire lives. Now, let me tell you, for example, how I started thinking about all this. You know, a couple of weeks ago, as most baseball fans know, Kevin Pillar, uh, the, the veteran star outfielder for the New York Mets, was hit directly in the face by a pitch by Atlanta's Jake Webb. And by the, it was just awful. Uh, and by the time Pillar fell to the ground, he was bleeding profusely, clearly in pain. And, and for those of us who happened to be watching uh, this incident take place on television, trust me, there were no words. There were just prayers for Kevin Pillar. Now, Jake Webb, the, the Atlanta pitcher, well, he was as white as a ghost. It was, it was visibly clear that he was shaken to his core. I'm sure he was somewhat relieved when Pilar finally got to his feet and was helped off the field. But, of course, at that point, neither Pilar nor Webb had any idea whether Kevin Pilar's career might, might be over. It's as simple as that. And we're talking, obviously, here about instant, instant adversity. Now, the good news is that Pilar is okay, he's back playing, and he's hitting well, hitting home runs. And Webb, well, he was so shaken about that he had to be removed from the game when he threw the ball that struck Pilar. Well, he's back pitching well again, I'm happy to report. Now, both of these players had to draw upon and find the, the internal courage to persevere and to overcome this, this unfortunate accident. Both had to draw upon their own inner strength to move ahead. And a lot of that inner strength, you know, comes from their years of playing sports and the life lessons they learned as they reached the major leagues. I want to talk about this this morning because I think, unfortunately, that sometimes as coaches and as parents, we often overlook just how important these lessons are. And the truth is, it's incumbent upon us to take the time to teach these to our kids who play sports. It's not something that kids are normally, you know, get to just by, by their own experiences. I mean, they might learn some of these things on their own, but it sure helps. It sure helps if, if obviously we have a situation where we can take some time and talk to our youngsters about what, how important these lessons are, not just for the immediacy of playing in the game and overcoming adversity, but for what it means in terms of life's struggles as well. one 337 And again, I, you know, let's talk about adversity for a second. I mean, is learning how to cope with adversity in life the biggest lesson we want to impart to our athletes? Well, i got to tell you, I've been around top athletes all my life, and I can assure you, that every one of them has encountered adversity in some form in their life. It just goes with the territory of, of being an athlete. But what about learning how to compete? Well, let's be honest, teaching or learning how to put one's best efforts forward is something that needs to be taught. And it's up to the coaches and parents to do exactly that. We need to teach our kids how to work hard if they want to succeed. Learning how to communicate with coaches? Well, look, kids need to learn how to interact and how to communicate with adults besides their mom and dad. Learning to play for other grown-ups is an often overlooked uh, part, but it's a very big part of a kid's growth and development. 
learning how to, to win and lose the right way. Look, look at all the recent nonsense when it comes to fans we've seen in the last couple of weeks throwing water bottles or running out in the court during a game or dumping popcorn on players or, or of course, bellowing all sorts of profanities. I mean, the, the players themselves, they know how to compete and how to win and lose graciously because they learn those lessons from their coaches and parents in their early years. Learning to win by playing fair and not cheating? Well, look, we all know, unfortunately, that some athletes do cheat. But most of us learned long ago that cheating is not only not acceptable, but it clearly taints our so-called victories if we are to prevail. Learning how to be a good teammate? Look, this is a vitally important lesson of playing sports. You have to learn how to be a good teammate meaning you have to work hard like all your other teammates in practice. Why? So they know they can depend upon you in crunch time. We're basically talking about the concept of trust here. You want to be able to trust your teammates, and your teammates want to be able to trust you as well. So let's talk about this. And if you have a, a youngster nearby on the radio this morning, perhaps you're driving to a, a practice somewhere or a travel game, whatever, ask them what they think the most important lesson of sports is, what they've learned from playing sports. And I'd be curious to hear their thoughts about these lessons as well. Again, one 337 6666 Let's start our, our discussion this morning on this topic. Let's go to let's go to Steve in Manhattan. Steve, good morning. You are first up on the fan. All right. Uh, good morning, there, Rick. And um, the one thing is I don't think you could really ever prepare yourself to get hit in the face of a fastball and you did bring up the fans throwing stuff. I think the, uh, the exhibit A would be the malice in the palace, that guy throwing the cup of beer at the at the player. I mean, if there was an Olympic event for throwing beer, that guy would have had 10 across the board. But now with kids playing ball, um, you don't, you, even with kids, you can't take the human element out of anything. I think it starts in the home with the parents teaching the kids you know, uh-huh. respectful adults. But that doesn't take place a lot today as much as it once did. And the thing is, with the kids, you know, some kids are super competitive, some aren't, but when they're young, you should be teaching them how to play, and they should have fun when they go there. At 12 o'clock in the afternoon, at lunchtime, they should be thinking about, man, I got a game later tonight, can't wait to get there, instead of dreading that moment of going out there, they don't get along with kids on the team. So you don't remove the element, you want the kids to have fun, we know it's competitive, we know some parents get carried away, and it's getting even worse with those parents. But hopefully the kid finds a good team. And I've always said this, folks. There are no bad coaches. They're just bad teams. Get off the team and find another team. Hmm. Interesting perspective. Steve, thanks for your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to sort of, and I think Steve was saying the same thing, uh, in a way that we're looking at the framework in which we want our kids to learn. And we do know that, obviously, uh, our society continues to change and evolve in good ways and in some bad ways as well. But this is why this is at the core, and I do think all this starts with the parents, uh, to really spend some time and talk to your youngster if they do want to continue to play sports as they grow through their your younger years and they get into to middle school. Uh, they have to understand there are certain uh, fundamentals 
uh, of how they are to play sports, whether it's working hard at practice, gaining the trust of their teammates, uh, learning to understand adversity is out there. And I use the example of Kevin Pillar and, and the pitcher from Atlanta because, of course, that was a total accident. Uh, there was no malice here. Uh, the fact is, though, that now both these athletes have to deal with adversity, psychological adversity of coming back uh, from, a, from a serious beating. And that happens. I mean, the point is that adversity is so commonplace in sports, and it comes in so many different ways that athletes have to be aware that whether it's injury, uh, concerns about playing time, concerns about about uh, a bad loss, uh, making a mental mistake in a game, adversity is part of being an athlete. And any athlete who plays sports has to come to terms with that because, it, as I said, it's just as commonplace as anything when it comes to athletics. Let's continue on. Let's go to Jeff over in Long Beach. Jeff, good morning. You're next up on the Sports Edge. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the two most important things, I think, are uh, winning like you act like you've been there before. Uh-huh. Because you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And on the other side, losing graciously. Like, you know, not like being upset about the ump or for the coach not taking every loss like it's the end of the world. Like, life is not fair, and, and you're not going to win them all. And i just like to also add, being a good teammate. Um, I mean, I wasn't the best athlete when I was younger, but, you know, I was the first one to cheer on my team when we played volleyball, first one to stay side out, sneak it off, you know, get out, let's get, let's get back out there. Just... You know, those are, I think, the most important things when uh, you want to... Yeah, I I think those are... Thank you for the those thoughts, Jeff. I, I agree with you. And again, th- these these concepts about being a good teammate and also, as Jeff mentioned, learning how to lose lose graciously. You know, it, it these are these are the kind of lessons, these life lessons that that again, it's up to mom and dad to take a few moments to express to a youngster when they're four, five, six years old, because you know, winning and losing are new concepts for kids. And uh, yeah, we we all know that, especially with youngsters, uh, sometimes they'll, they'll lose a game, or lose a match, whatever it might be, and they'll they'll burst into tears. Uh, and you know, you have to prepare them for the sting of defeat. Now, the good news with young kids is that you know, once they cry because they lost a game, uh, or they strike out, or they missed a shot, whatever it might be, the good news is that the kids usually uh, very very they recover very quickly. But again, that's a good time later in the day to explain to them that winning and losing, that's how we play sports. And, and the real question is how you behave when you win and how you behave even more importantly when you lose. And, and the idea of, of having real dignity, having the strength and the courage to say, okay, I didn't have it today, but it's up to me to congratulate or to salute my opponent or the opposing team because they played better than I did today. That is an essential part, not just of sports, but as I said, of life. Because we all know as adults that winning and losing in life is, is crucial, long beyond after we play sports, what it means to us as, as we move along. And I think that's, that's, those again, those are the kind of lessons that I really want to focus on this morning and already we've gotten two excellent calls. You're listening to Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge on The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. 
And back here on the Sports Edge, we're taking a brief, quick survey this morning of what you think are the most important lessons to be learned from sports, uh, either at the youth or uh, high school or travel or club team level, and what those lessons mean uh, for, for us uh, and our kids uh, for the rest of their lives and how important they are. Uh, and we, all, you know, we always talk in generic terms about life lessons of sports, but today we're really getting into the, the actual specifics, uh, and, you know, whether it's learning how to overcome adversity or how to compete the right way or how to be gracious both when you win or lose. These are the essence. These are the essential lessons of sports. one 337 Let's continue with our calls. Let's go over to Ed Ward over in uh, New Jersey. Good morning, Ed. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good, Ed. How are you? Good. I'm at my showcase uh, with uh, co- 18 Division One college coaches working the event. Great. Participating. But not only that, one of your good buddies said to Taylor, he's coaching this event, Rico Bellini. Oh, Rico Bellini. What a terrific ball player he was back in the day. I remember uh, competing against Rico in, in the ACBL for years and years ago. Great that's guy, he, great ball player. That's what he said to me. And uh, he, he wanted me to say hello to you. Yeah, but well, here's the thing that I think is important, Rick. Yes. How about coming to your games on time? How about <laughs> wearing the uniform? To re- no. So I'm going to tell you a story what I did yesterday. Yeah. One of, my play- one of my players came late. We had a skills workout Friday night in front of the college coaches. He was outstanding. Yeah. I benched him because he came late and didn't text me why he was going to be a little late. So I benched him. Well. In front of 18 college coaches. And they were kind of disappointed. Because they wanted to see him hit the ball yesterday in, in the game situation and all that. You know, so that's, that, that, that's a good point. I mean, just the fundamentals, we're talking about the basic life lessons. And, you know, one of the most important lessons in life is be on time. And clearly, now we don't know the, the background or what happened as to why the youngster was late, but this is important to him to, to show his stuff to, to, uh, to college coaches. I mean, as you said, they were disappointed. They wanted to see, you know, how come he was not, he's not here on time. And as you said, you benched him because he wasn't abiding by the rules. Everybody else abides by the rules. Why is this kid special or unique, you know? Well, there's, there's no one special on my team. I mean, yes, I have some good players. But yeah. you know what? You're going to do it my way or the highway. That's the approach that I take. And also, too, Rick, how about wearing the uniform the right way also? That's also important. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, these are, again... These are things that kids would not normally know unless somebody takes them off to the side when they're young and say, you know, if you're going to play the sport, you got to understand there are a couple of um, uh, expectations. You're going to have to, A, hustle, whether it's baseball, softball, basketball, football. You, they want to see you hustle. B, you want to make sure you wear the uniform the right way uh, and do it the way that it's expected to be worn. C, being on time. Now, was this kid? I'm curious. Was the kid? Was there a reason why this kid was late? Did he have any particular? I mean, is he, was there some? Uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was stuck in traffic, and, and the complex where we're, we're using. Yes, it's a, it's a traffic here. I'm not going to deny that. But yeah. I met the our practice during the week. You got to leave earlier than normal. I always tell them, don't stay what the GPS says. Give yourself another half hour to traffic. That's and, if, and, if, and if you're late, Rick, no problem. Well, again, it's simple text. I tell you, the the good news, uh, as you said, uh, the good news is, A, that, you know, in this day and age, there's so much social media, you can get the word out if you're caught in a traffic jam or there's an accident or something going on. But, and in your case, you you told the the kids, be careful, get here on time, there's going to be traffic, make sure you leave plenty of time early to, to be here. But again... Those lessons, well, maybe the good news is maybe this youngster will finally learn this lesson and say, I'll never make that mistake ever again. And that well, is. I hope, he, 
I hope he has a day to hit four four bombs for home runs, and then these guys are going to be all over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but, the, but again, the crazy part, all yeah. the coaches thanked me yesterday for doing that to the kids, so it makes their job easier when these kids, if they, if this boy selects his school for for college. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Ed. Thank you for sharing that story. It's interesting, and again, it I, points it points to the lessons we're talking about here. Being on time sounds so basic and so fundamental, but again, that has to be inculcated into our kids so they know we're not kidding around when it comes to being on a team and because everybody else is on time why aren't you and again we understand there are extenuating circumstances here and there but the fact is you know you got to understand that we if we're warning you there's going to be traffic it's going to be crowded make sure you leave extra early to get there on time and if you are going to be late it's incumbent upon you to get the word to the to the coach to let them know I'm reason why I'm going to be late and here's the reason why. All right, let's move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Good morning, Jack. How are you this morning? I'm I'm doing well, Rick. And you know, your callers are all you know all on topic with a lot of the things, but you know, it, it's more. There's more to it than just learning the lessons of athletics, the life lessons of athletics, like Ed just said about being on time and wearing your uniform. That's all part of the game. It really is. Of course. But one of the thing, one of the things that I try to do in in coaching, and you know, and I didn't do this my whole career. I, I learned as I went. I read. I got online. I did a lot of courses and stuff like that. You know, teaching and coaching from the heart, all of that stuff. But it's the life lessons that we learn that make us who we are from athletics, such as, you know, like you said before, uh, perseverance, initiative, commitment, respect, motivation, caring. What about teamwork? You know, um, common sense. You know, one of your callers said that there's no bad coaches. There's only bad teams. Well, I, you know, I apologize, but I, I disagree with them. There's plenty of bad coaches out there, and we've proven that by just some of the things of these coaches not having one of the most unbelievable life lessons of common sense, you know, thinking before we speak and act and thinking about what the consequences are. You know, I, I studied when I, when I was at school teaching, and I, and I taught for, you know, over 40 years, 44 years and 30 years at one school, I, I initiated a program called Mega Skills, and th- this program was established by a woman, I believe, and don't quote me on this, a Harvard graduate. Her name was Dr. Dorothy Rich, and it was all about the life skills that we learn every day in life through school, through you know just socializing, through athletics. And these are the most important life lessons, the ones that I just spoke about. Having respect for people, caring for what you do, having the responsibility of making sure your jobs are done so that you can get to your game, or making sure that your parents know, listen, we might have to leave early because there is traffic. You know, these are the life lessons that we need to teach. And you know what happens? You said it before. It starts at the home. You know, your parents are the ones who initiate all of these life lessons. But then what happens is we get out in the real world and we get out onto a team and we do get a coach who has no clue about what life lessons are. Like the guy from Boss, uh, up in Massachusetts and the guy from Ohio. These you know, are, I, yeah. in my opinion, ignorant people. So, I was going to say, I was wondering if you were going to tie this back into the discussion of the coach uh, in Ohio, uh, the football definitely. coach. I mean, so, so uh, look – 
we all understand that we're all human and we make mistakes uh, and judgment and so on and so forth. But that was a case exactly. where clearly the coach uh, forcing the kid to eat a, a pepperoni pizza against his religious beliefs, you know, that just is premeditated. Uh, you would have thought that he would have given more, more, more discussion with his assistant coaches. Is this going to work? Is this a good idea to motivate or to discipline this kid? But no. And, of course, um, he, the, the coach who basically ended up being fired uh, within a matter of days along with the rest of the assistants. So, yeah, you know, other bad coaches – Probably not on purpose that this guy do this, but in a sense, like, you have to be judged by what you do and your actions and what you say. Now, the other thing, Jack, I want to come back to is to kids, as they grow up playing sports, it's, it's up to them for, for parents to tell their youngsters, look, if this is going to be important to you, that you want to keep playing sports, you're going to have to understand there are expectations of you. And, and certainly, um, you know, for example, you mentioned about respect. If you don't have an opponent to compete against then there's right. no reason for you to play the game because there's, it's all about, you know, competing. So you have to have yeah. the utmost respect for your opponent and for the officials, the referees, the umpires, because without them there's no game. So these are things about learning respect along the way that, that kids have to be taught. Otherwise, you just can't assume that this is going to take place. Uh, and I, you know, I, yeah. I hear you loud and clear. Jack, let me yeah, – let let me move on to other calls. I've got a, I've got a bunch of calls calling in, but as always, I, I thank you for your, in th your insights and your good thoughts, Jack. Let me go on to uh, quickly to Thomas uh, in Selden. Hey, Thomas, good morning. Uh, you're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you today? Good, Thomas. How are you doing? Absolutely. Uh, fantastic. Thrilled. So thrilled that you're talking about this subject today. I am, uh, I'm taking my four-year-old to T-ball today. He's... Ah. It's going to have a good time, and it, it's a, it really is a blast. But the thing that you talked about, that inner strength and the adversity, yes, there is just nothing better than, than sports to really teach that, right? You see just everything is so easy now. It's all handheld. It's all in front of us. Everything's at our fingertips. And I personally feel there's so much less opportunity to experience adversity. And then find that inner strength to overcome it, right? Like, hey, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not doing well. Well, great. That's what life's going to throw at you. That's There's correct. so many challenges day in and day out. And that's what's so critical about these programs and getting out there and having the ability to experience that and then learning in yourself how to overcome that stuff and drive yourself to the next level. To the next level. Uh, or, again, just simply dealing with it day in and day out because – that's going to happen in life. And yep. again, I'm, I'm thrilled you're talking about this. This is such an important subject. Thank you so much. And I, I look forward to hearing all your callers, but really that inner strength and that adversity, it's, it's the most critical thing I think in sports because you just can't experience it anywhere else besides, you know, outside life trauma and et cetera. That, that sports is where you get that from. Well, Thomas, thanks for talking about this today. Th thank you, Tom, uh, uh, for your thoughts. And, yes, uh, as I said, the reason why I wanted to discuss this topic today is because sometimes it's sort of overlooked and it's sort of pushed to the, the background. It's forgotten, but it's so critically important. 
and uh, it, it's essential for parents to take the lead in this. Now, Thomas had mentioned he's taking his four-year-old out to play t-ball. Well, we all know t-ball is, is the really, you know, for a four-year-old, it's a whole different kind of experience. There's going to be some frustration involved. There's going to be, uh, you know, things that the kids want to see from what they're doing, how they compare with their, their peers. But this is the proper time for a parent when their kids are four and five or six, just being introduced to baseball, softball, soccer, whatever it might be, this is where you need to guide them. And take, you don't have to give them lectures. You don't have to give them you know, a half-hour lecture. But you give them little insights and little uh, encouragement. Uh, put a smile on your face and give them 30 seconds or a minute by saying, well, this is what is expected. This is how you wear the uniform. The coach wants you to make sure that uh, when you get into the huddle, you're paying attention and you're looking right at uh, the coach at, at his or her face to make sure that, that they, they can see you're making eye contact. All these things that we grew up with, and they're small in, of, of themselves, but the cumulative effect is extraordinary. And, and that's what we're trying to get across to our kids today. And again, you know, like the simple lessons about being on time, uh, about making sure that you respect and go teach your kids sportsmanship because kids don't know that. They just figure that when the little ones, the world revolves around them, you got to explain to them about having respect for their opponents and doing the right thing and so on and so forth. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Bergen County and John is standing by. John, good morning. You're on the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf. Good morning, Rick. Love your show. Great Thank you. program. Thank you. Uh, so I want to skip up to the high school level. I mean, you know, of it's course. very important down in rec for the parents and the coaches to make the kids have fun. It keeps them interested. But when they get to the high school level, it's a whole different story. Like our program here has a very known football. Uh, they're known for football. Eight, 90% of the kids on the football team play lacrosse. The lacrosse program doesn't seem to work out. The only difference is the coach. The coach knows how to get everything out of the kids, knows how to make them think good about themselves, has them on time for practice. They, Are you talking about the lacrosse coach or the football practice. coach? The football coach. Okay. You know, he, he, he just, you know, he's stepping down as a teacher. He's going to keep coaching. The kids are very happy about this. But the message that I'm trying to tell you is that even in high school, you know, the coaches need to guide these these kids because, you know, a 16, 17-year-old, you know, we all have children, most of us, and we know we could tell them something to a blue in the face, but when a peer or a coach tells them something, it's like the first time they ever heard it. <laughs> so our, our, our coach of the football program uh, in Riverdale is just an outstanding coach. He knows how to get the best out of the kids. And the parents have to realize at this time in high school, the kids will decide where they want to go. Mm-hmm. They need to make the commitment. And that commitment turns into life, you know, being on time for classes, being on time when you get out and get to school, college, graduating college and going on to a job. It learns, it teaches you how to work together in a group with your peers at work. So a lot of these kids, I mean, you know, pandemic aside, we've been on, uh, we've been separate on uh, keeping away from people. So we haven't been together. So these kids need the sports to, to stimulate each other, you know? John, I, 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 I think you're just basically, uh, and I agree 100% what you're saying. And again, at the high school level, uh, obviously the, the kids 
from the time of the youth level to middle school to high school, the kids' world, you know, changes a bit, and there are different priorities now, and there's different, you know, temptations and so on and so forth, different peer pressures. But again, it's all about the having that inner core, that rock-solid belief that if I work hard, I will succeed. If I listen to the coaches, I will do well. I have to, you know, trusting one's teammates to, to perform and practice. All these things uh, part are part of the athletic experience, and uh, it's one reason, and John, thank you so much for checking in this morning. It, it's one of the reasons why so much of us pen, look to sports as really as an escape from the everyday uh, ups and downs of life because sports provides us the thrills and excitement that we enjoyed as kids ourselves, and we want to impart those thrills to our own kids and obviously the life lessons that go along in a very, very positive manner. listening to Rick Wolf and the Sports Edge on The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hey, uh, don't forget that 9 o'clock this morning, Richard Neer will be along. And, of course, Richard, well, he always has great insights, a lot of terrific common sense in the sports world. Plus, uh, most of you know he's an encyclopedia. He's a walking encyclopedia on the history of, of rock and roll. But what you may not know, he's also a talented novelist as well. I mean, he, he's a terrific writer. Uh, you should go to Amazon and check out his Riley King mysteries. Uh, look, the point is, Richard's a real, a real renaissance kind of guy. Anyhow, uh, you can always find me at AskCoachWolf.com. That's my website. And you can follow me on Twitter at AskCoachWolf as well. Uh, you know, we're talking about the situation, about what we wanted our kids to learn from playing sports. This has nothing to do whether or not they end up getting a college scholarship or turn pro. That's just, uh, you know, that's just, uh, you know, icing on the cake. What we're talking about here is the life lessons that they're going to take with them from their plays playing, their days playing sports into the real world once their playing career is over. Because let's face it, I mean, once for most athletes, uh, most high school athletes, I mean, they're done when they finish playing uh, high school and they're 18 years old. Some go on to play college, even fewer go on to play pro. But for the most part, most of our kids who play athletics, they're going to be done at a relatively early age. And then the question is, how do they, how do they make their name and how do they go forth in the real world in terms of getting a job, having a family, and so on and so forth. And those lessons they learn playing sports as kids are going to guide them when things get a little difficult along the way. Let's continue our conversation. Let's go to, uh, let's go to our friend Coach Tom over in North Arlington, New Jersey. Tom, good to hear from you. How are you this morning? Morning, Rick. How are you? Good. Okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna go a little different here. And again, I'm you know I'm, I'm like you, old school, used to uh, you know playing with the hand you're dealt. Yes. I think this is really, really, really at a young age, more up to the parents, okay, than the actual coaches. Because and, and I'm gonna bring travel teams into this. Okay. Okay. You see a number of these teams, okay, and, and first of all. A lot of parents pull their kids out of the local recreation leagues or whatever. And there's something to be said for participating in those. At a young age, you're with friends, okay? You learn to, that, you know, some kids are a lot better than others. How you react to that? Do you help your friends, okay? You know, the whole, the whole thing. Whereas with travel teams, it's sort of everybody, you know, all the talent is crammed into one. And then you get... If uh, and I see this all the time because my friend's involved in travel now. His son, you get kids who, quite honestly, aren't as talented, 
and the parent gets upset. So what do they do? They pull their kid off and they pay to have them go to a different team. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, now I I don't know what lesson that teaches. Okay, <laughs> but like to me, that's why I I, I think uh, you know again dealing with the hand you have. Okay, and uh, I just think that that's why it's up to the parents. Say, all right, listen, he's having a tough time on this team. He's got to learn how to make it. Yeah, and you know, that's that's that you said, Tom. That's very uh, very observant because as parents, we want our youngsters to go out and obviously uh, do well. Uh, we all have dreams for our kids, but as you said, it gets a little gets a little difficult when suddenly the the nine or ten year old is is placed on a travel program where perhaps they aren't the star. Uh, they're no longer the big fish in a small pond. And and the parent not really understanding. Okay, this is a this is sort of a teachable moment, but it's the parent that decides. Well, no, uh, it's too bad that the coach of the travel program doesn't realize how talented my kid is. I'll just uh, take my kid to another travel program. Uh, it, it's it's an awkward situation. Does not send a good message to the kid, uh, and obviously it, it it sends a conflicting kind of set of, sets of values. I mean, well, well, Dad, why don't I just continue to work hard and, and get better at my skill no 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 the coach the team is the wrong team for you it's a bad fit these are difficult moments and this is where it gets kind of awkward for, for as i said for for parents who try that want they want the best on one hand for their kid on the other hand they don't think this is the, the, the situation is going to benefit the youngster it's a tough call oh and now uh and i think it, it, it uh, bleeds on up now when you were i know you coached uh, college baseball did you ever coach at like the uh, legion or travel you get that no on the way no oh, you never so I used to coach Legion, and back then, there were 18 kids on a team. Mm-hmm. That was your limit, and every team had those. Okay, now you look, and everybody's got 10 tops 11, because if they don't start and they don't play a lot, they're going to go find another team. Mm-hmm. You know. And as far as the ultimate life lesson, and then I'll go, is you go to the pro level. I, I was looking at this the other day. So you, you could look at a guy and say, well, he's tall, he's short, he's ugly, he's black, he's uh, Asian, he's white, or in the pro baseball, they pay you on your numbers, period. <laughs> if, if, seriously, if, if all life was like that lesson was learned, you you, you want to talk about the best lesson. lesson. Take care, Rick. Thanks, Tom. That's uh, always good to hear from Tom. Uh, he has uh, very, very good insights and all this, as, as many of the callers this morning are sharing as well. Let's continue our conversation. Let's go to Ron up in Connecticut. Ron, good morning. You're on the fan. Uh, good morning, Rick. I'm going to be real quick. When I was 18 years old, I played for Reedman Chevrolet down in New Jersey in the summer league. Yes. And the coach always did one thing. He took us to Sing Sing Prison in Ossining, New York. Yep. You know of Sing Sing? Oh, sure. Okay. The reason was when you're playing sports, okay, if you break the rules, then there's consequences, okay, or school, whatever else. But if you break the laws out in the world, you go to jail. You don't steal. You don't commit crimes. That is the difference that I've never heard another parent or any of your listeners bring up. You play sports, you learn lessons, but you don't go to jail. You go out in the real world and you break the law, you go to jail. That's the one point nobody has ever brought up. Thank you, Rick. I'm going to get off the phone. Thank you, Ron. I'm I'm glad you chimed in with that because, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those life lessons that perhaps is um, sort of understood or inherent, but clearly uh, we have to make sure our kids understand that if you don't abide by societal rules or laws or conventions, yeah, the, the consequences can be quite serious. You can go to jail uh, if you break the rules. And, and you know, that's, again, 
all sort of understood uh, when we work with youngsters in sports. You play by the rules. You don't cheat. You respect your opponents. Uh, you, you do what's told to do so that your teammates trust you and your coach expects what you can do will help the team win. Those are the basics of sports uh, when it comes to our kids and our life lessons. And again, it's extreme. But yeah, if you don't learn that, you can end up going off the wrong in the wrong pathway in life and end up uh, end up you know being incarcerated. I mean, we know that, and we do know that athletes uh, you know do get and end up sometimes end up in jail. Let's go to Howard Beach, where Joe is standing by. Joe, good morning. You're on the fan. Hi, Rick. How you doing? Good, Joe. I was a fan of your father. He's a great man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I was playing in 1969. I was playing for Catholic High School. And we were playing Archbishop Malloy with the great Jack Curran. Of course. And and uh, he was pressing the whole game. And we were down 44-15 in the second quarter. And the coach pulled us off the court. And the coach we had was a veteran guy. I mean, he had sent him. So I, I looked at him and he says, I just want nobody to get hurt. That's it. So I was a senior. And I let it go. I never said a word about it. Now, fast forward maybe 20 years later, I ran into Jack Cohen in a bar in Queens, and he says, you know, that's the best team I ever had, which he did. Two of his guys went to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I also ran, I ran into a guy who I just lost recently, a guy named Tom Konchowski. Oh, Tom, great, and, great basketball scout, sure. Yeah, and Tom, Tom and me are good friends, and unfortunately we share the same disease now. And... Uh, Tom is getting treated at one hospital. I'm getting treated at Sloan. And I'm counting my days, but I'm counting three years now. So mm. I keep fighting every day, you know. Good. But I asked Tom one day, and he says, why did Mr. Cohen do that? He says, well, he says he made it, he made it feel that his players got stronger by doing that. So I took it for granted. Now, at that time, I was coaching a, uh, a private high school in Queens. And we'd play uh, cathedrals, and we'd play small schools. And we were playing a team that, you know, we absolutely were much better. And we were up 20-something points in the second quarter. And the other kids were nice kids. Some of them, they were in there to become priests or whatever. So I took my guys out. I played my sophomores and freshmen uh, half the second, almost, almost the rest of the game. And we won. We won by six, eight points. Uh-huh. And then after the game, the seniors go, you know, I says, listen, that's not what it's about, man. I says, these guys come to practice every week. They got to yeah. play. They got to play, and they got to, you know. But uh, getting back to Tom Konchowski, you never meet a guy like this again. No, Tom was was a, was just an icon when it came to uh, scouting, uh, you know, high school prospects. Uh, and obviously, uh, I know he passed away not too long ago. And, and uh, he is, his presence uh, was felt uh, by everybody in the in the basketball world. Uh, Joe, I, I hear you loud and clear about this, and and thank you for the call. I'm up against the clock here, but I think your point you're making is that the idea of running up to score. Uh, again, he talked about a game against Malloy back in 1969. That's a long time ago. I'd like to think that we've become a little more sensitive 
again, in terms of respect and sportsmanship, look, if your team is clearly, and coaches know this, if your team is obviously much, much better and is outclassing another team, let's call off the dogs and, and say, if you're up by 20 points, let's understand that this is more about sportsmanship. Yes, you want to make sure all your guys uh, and gals who are on the bench, they get a chance to play in the game and you have a chance to show what, uh, what they can do in terms of their, their level of talent. But again, there's no reason, if you win by, you're up by 30, 40, 50 points, what purpose does that serve? It just shows that, well, it was just a rout. And um, again, I like to think that more coaches today at the youth and high school level are aware that sportsmanship plays a much bigger role uh, when it comes to bit offsided scores. As simple as that. Okay. Uh, good, good conversation today. Good discussion on this very important topic. I thank you all for chiming in. My thanks, of course, this morning to Pat Boyle for handling your calls and, and getting the show on the air. That's going to do it for me. Please stick around for Richard Neer. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.